Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic, naturopathic doctor and founder of Amorta Swa Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today, we have a very special guest. Maura Sweeney is a podcaster, international speaker, and the trademark ambassador for happiness. So I'm really excited because this is Happy Talks. We're going to talk lots about happiness today. So please welcome Maura. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Anytime we can talk about happiness is good for me. Of course. Yes, I think it's good for everyone. So I'm excited. So yeah, let's just dive in. And why don't you just tell us a little about what led you to becoming the ambassador for happiness? I would say fate, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something that was from as long as I can remember. And I really mean that. I mean, two, three, four years old. I used to dream about traveling on airplanes, seeing every person, not every person, let's say every people group around the world. I love diversity before anybody knew what it was. And I just desire to reach out to other people and see them in ways that I would, let's say, see um, uh, an extended member of my family that I never met before. So I would say it's fate. And even though I've done several things over the course of my lifetime, what I've been doing probably for the past 10 years is this so-called ambassador of happiness is I share a lot of life lessons, life stories, uh, things from my travels, things from wherever I've been in neglectic fashion. Um, so that people can see not so much what divides us or disempowers us, but those kinds of things that make us feel united and uplifted. And um, my podcast has always been known as Maura Sweeney Living Happy Inside Out. And a lot of people used to think, what does that mean? But I actually learned as a young child how to choose happiness and how to live as if I were happy on the inside, even when things on the outside of my life were not very pleasing to me. So when I tell you it's fate, it's fate (laughs) or destiny, whatever you want to refer to it as. Well, one of the things that I picked up on out of sort of your story is this concept that you said about choosing happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you hear pretty often. I'd be curious to sort of dig into that and unpack it a little bit more because you know, at the very, very surface level, right? It's like, oh, just choose happiness. And some people are like, well, if I could just choose happiness, I would just do it all the time if it's that easy. So I'd be curious uh, to unpack that a little bit and get maybe into some of the more detailed pieces there. Right. You know, there are many things that sound very straightforward, um, but doing them and implementing them in our lives is quite another thing. Uh, Hopefully later on, we'll get a chance to talk about another Uh, word that sounds easy, but really isn't. But choosing happiness. um, I can tell you my earliest recollections, and I turn a lot of things into personal stories, so hopefully people can all find something that they can relate to. Mm. We can very easily be impacted and affected emotionally, psychologically, energetically, all those things, um, by things that go on around us. It could be somebody left us out of a crowd, somebody said something unkind, a big thing we were looking forward to never happened. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? We can react to that 
and we could feel as if our whole life maybe got crushed because we had our expectations set a certain way. And then what happens is now we are definitely not happy. We could be feeling isolated. You know, I could remember when I was small, I used to cry a lot. Mm. And I got to a certain point and let's say multiple points over the course of my life where I realized I can choose. I can choose to be a victim. I can choose to feel miserable. I can choose to keep my thoughts on what I feel badly about or I can take the converse. And a lot of times I had to make this up as a child. I kid you not. I can remember lying in bed. My mother would put us in to bed very, very early. And I was not tired at all. I didn't want to go to bed early. I had no choice. And I actually remember lying on my bed, thinking good thoughts. I would use my imagination. I would think about things that I was looking forward to. Maybe I had no control over now, but I could use my imagination to put myself into those mental and emotional places that made me feel better. And if this makes any sense, Donovan, I would say, and because this is something I I did all through corporate management years, everything, raising a child, is I would look to center and establish my inner life, my inner uh, temperature gauge. Hmm. You can call it any one of a number of things. What's the lowest point? The lowest point is I want to stay in my bed, cover myself or commit suicide. And the happy place would be, well, I think I'm, you know, if somebody doesn't hold me to the ground, I'm going to take off like a balloon. But I learned how to think upon and actually stick to something like think about adhesive tape or crazy glue. I would say to myself, what's going on in my head? What's going on in my emotions? And I would find and adhere myself or agree with, let's say, those emotions, those thoughts that would put me in a better place. And you know, you could feel it in your mind. I mean, if you really want to look at your thoughts or you could feel it in your body. And I think a lot of us never really learn how to do things like that, but we actually carry our own frequency. Have you... Perfect example. Have you ever been having a great time laughing with friends or laughing with family and all of a sudden somebody new walks into the room? You could be at work and it's like the big cloud just came in. Mm, yeah. It would be what kind of a presence am I for yeah. myself, but also those around me? And so the choosing of happiness is a long way to answer your question, Jonathan. It's becoming more aware that we're like an energy source. And we can either choose what happens to us and let that be the final word or decide what our position's going to be and what we're going to, let's say, emit like energy beams. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that answer being fleshed out a little bit more because what one of the things you touched on that I think is really important is it's more than just sort of choosing the emotion that you want, right? You touched on sort of these ideas and concepts around sort of choosing your focus, right? You, t- you said you would focus on on good things and positive things and whatnot. And I just like to sort of um, tease that out so that people understand that it's not necessarily, oh, I just choose this emotion and then have it because you may not always have a grasp on the emotion. And that particular phrase is one with the people that I've interacted with. I have found people struggle with a lot if they don't have the nuances. So I thought that was a great answer. Mm. I'd be, I'd be curious though, you know, I get, I get that like 
our energy and how we focus our energy can absolutely make a big difference in how we feel and letting go of expectation. I totally agree with, um, because that can set us up for, for disappointment and heartache, but you know, like, let's just say I'm there, I'm feeling depressed or sad and thinking like, Oh, I suck. I sucked at that thing. I'm beating myself over it. Like what, what, what would you suggest? I like think to myself, well, what is the positive reinforcement to kind of get me out of that, like mental, like down on myself state? Like, do you have any suggestions or I know, I know there's like a plethora I'm sure, but what are your go-to? Perhaps? <laughs> of, um, something that's relatable. Mm. I almost laugh that you know, you're going to have people that are not watching us. Um, right. Visually. But yeah. how often do we say to ourselves, oh, I really stink at that. Mm-hmm. I'm at a special project right now. And I said to uh, this person that brought me in for it, he said, you're doing a really good job. I said, well, thank you. I said, this is one of the things I know how to do. I said, there are many things I can't do. And I said, trust me, I know. And he said, well, Maura, the day we hire you for something you suck at, don't worry, I'll be the first to tell you. So it's reality. We all go yeah. through things where we do well and we have confidence in certain mm-hmm. areas. Right. And in other areas, we're not as good as our neighbors are. And totally. I think that maybe a little bit of levity and being kind to ourselves is good, as well as being mm-hmm. kind to others. You know, trust me, and I don't know if it shows on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people look at me and think, oh, Moore's always had this nice life. And I will tell you, there's so many things I can't do, and many disappointments in life I've had. But I've also noted, and maybe this is helpful. Mm-hmm. That because I've been through difficult times, because I've been through challenges and disappointments like others, I have grown to have a lot more compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. So that means I have a lot less judgment of other people. Mm-hmm. And knowing I have a lot less judgment and a lot more forgiveness and a lot more compassion, I try to be equal in all things to say, all right, maybe I could have done better, but I realize I'm not perfect. So mm-hmm that I could have learned from this experience, or here's another thing. And sometimes these are some of the nuances we can use to take ourselves from one mindset and emotional place to another. Another one is to be very filled with gratitude all the time and say, you know what? This didn't work out as I hoped, but I'm very grateful because something good is going to come out of it. Now, I could look at this in my own life and I could also look at it for other people. Some of the times in life, we could go through a challenge. And yet, if we have the right outlook, we can learn great life lessons. We could learn patience. We could learn sometimes to zip our lips when we need to zip our lips in the future. There are so many good things that could come out of things that don't look good in the here and now. So even reminding ourselves that it wasn't the best day, but you know what? I'm really grateful. Something good's going to come out of this. And inevitably it does. Now, maybe I'm not a scientist, but I've heard people say that we end up creating internal pathways for ourselves. And I know I've experienced in my own life that I could be at some really challenging places and I won't even know the answer. I won't know the way out. And I'll just say, but you know what? I'm so grateful. I'm going to get an idea. I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to get a solution. And inevitably by dropping maybe the problem itself and letting it go to the floor and changing my attitude about it, all of a sudden, and it doesn't have to be that moment. It could be a little bit later in the day. It could be several days later, a week later, something new will drop in me 
Mm. It's a lighter thought. It's a higher thought. It's a more empowering thought. And it's one that feels, let's say, more freeing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So like in, in that, I was hearing a few different ideas of, you know, one, it's maybe not like the exact thought you can be like, oh, I suck at this and like be hard on yourself. Or you can be like, I suck at this and like your way of being with it and being okay with it and having forgiveness and understanding and compassion for yourself is, is very different. And that can like shift your mindset and just that like, yeah, there's plenty of things I suck at and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. I always like to say my strengths are only outweighed by my weaknesses. And yeah. you know, and you brought that up, Dr. Alice, because you know, this probably goes back to even self-talk. Mm. As we take ourselves so seriously, we live in a very serious-minded world. Everything is, you know, it's like edge of the world, you know, issues that are going on. But if we can take a lighter view of ourselves, right. then we tend to be able to share that with other people as well. And then mm. Oh, there's forgiveness in the air. There's levity to be shared. And then people don't take themselves so seriously. And then sometimes you think about the edges, the hard edges that people have um, that they put up sometimes because either they're afraid of being rejected. So they'll reject others first, or they'll be a little bit too, uh, too strong in their personality. Mm-hmm. When laughter and levity enters in, people are like, oh, I guess I could relax a little bit. And when they do that, the whole atmosphere of life can change. And sometimes we can end up doing better things because we are more relaxed. I won't even say sometimes I could say that that happens pretty often. So following up on that, we've been talking kind of sort of focused on this like internal um, set of happiness or like things that we can do internally. And I know that you have sort of this idea of happiness from the inside out. I'd be curious, um, maybe if you could expand on that a little bit more, but also maybe touch on sort of where you see the differences between like using different tactics internally to generate happiness, as opposed to, um, tactics that, that end up being external. Let's take one thing at a time. Let's say the inside out. I really do mean that the inside out we, and I don't know how I know this. I'm going to say since childhood, we live in an externalized world. If you think about media, people yeah. are looking at what they see on TV or what they're looking at on the net or what social media is telling them. And therefore, whatever has been the predominant thought or idea or in thing, people mm. externalize themselves and they try to be like that thing. And a lot of us are not. I can remember, now this may seem strange to you, but let me go with it. I could remember when I first started driving and you know, when you years ago, and I guess they still do in the cars, but you could actually choose a radio station. And I lived right outside New York city. And I remember thinking to myself, well, we had quite a bit of choice, you know, what to listen to on the radio. I was maybe 17. And I thought, you know, they're only giving me five stations. And for some reason, people out there think that everybody's going to have a, like, they're going to like one of these five or seven stations. And what if these stations don't fit me? Do you see the externalizing? Mm -hmm. Things shift, they change in every generation, every couple of years. The idea of living happy from the inside out is what's legitimate for me? What's authentic for me? What makes me feel my best? So how do I stay in that space? And how further do I exude that? 
in my life. And here's the other thing about living happy from the inside out. How do you, how do you externalize? I know I've spent a lot of time in my podcast, especially, but also in my public speaking, talking about this. We will pick up what's in the air and we let that be the prevailing attitude, spirit, um, feeling of what's going on. But could you imagine instead of having your own way of viewing the world, your own energy, your own thoughts, your own way of viewing other people, appreciating other people, appreciating the good things you see around you. Now we're looking from the inside outward and you walk into a new place. You walk into the grocery store and you see people you never met before. You go in for a new job somewhere and you step into, it's funny, so much is virtual nowadays, but let's say you step into somebody's lobby and they'll be like, Hey, who is this person that just walked in the door? Because you are bringing that internal energy, thought process. Um, You know, I would even say further, think about this. You know, think about people whose personalities go up and down literally by the moment. You say, you know, you look at them the wrong way and then they want to attack you. Or they say you, they say something good and or they, they get a good response and they feel like, oh, I'm the best person in the room. But instead, Think about yourself as bringing an energy wherever you are. And that's what I believe is so important about this concept of living happy inside out. Many of us have problems with the world. And then we always blame the world on, you know, for our problems. Right. Rather than saying, you know what, I'm a focal point. I might be just one person, but I have my own area of influence. So how can I live better? How can I see better? How can I speak better? How can I address others in a better and more positive way, in a way that shows gratitude for who they are, for their differences, for their giftings, for their talents, for what they bring into the world? And it doesn't always have to be a PhD or you know a big checkbook. It could be something like, do you realize no matter... Every time you enter into this room, you make people smile. Or do you realize you have this great ability for solving problems? This is how I see the world. And this is how I see people. And so I realize no matter where I am, I am beaming that out. And I'm delivering a different signal so that maybe people can pick something up from that and start seeing and feeling and relating to others out there in a different way. And think about if you ever wanted to create the inverse of the world, mm. you know, now everybody's so divided. Well, why not think of something new and something that's more empowering and something that will actually be a positive contribution to the world. So I do that every day. Could you tell by talking to me? I don't know. It's just the way I am. And trust me, I've had a lot, a lot, a lot of practice. <laughs> I definitely can tell that you, 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 you're radiating the good vibes and the positive energy. And I'm sure that helps put other people like in a better mood and energy too. And that, you know, I, I, I know when, you know, you go into a room, you can kind of get a sense. It's like, I don't actually realize I'm, I'm not always focusing on how I'm coming across, but I, I am noticing how other people come across. So I'm like, maybe I need to be more intentional. <laughs> what kind of energy I'm putting out there because there's like like if I go into the gym and I'm like oh I know that person's super bubbly and happy and I'm excited to talk to her and hug her uh versus like that other person that doesn't say much or just like keeps to himself or whatever it's like yeah different different energies 
know what brought that, what, what brought this to mind. Um, and I'm even looking at Donna's face like, oh, what's he thinking about next? <laughs> I need to share something with you both. Um, when Facebook first started coming out, remember all of a sudden people came out from nowheresville. Oh, I know, yeah. You grew up with and you're like, right. who are these people? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden people started posting all kinds of pictures. Well, I could remember years ago, I was going through Facebook and somebody posted a picture. It was black and white and it was taken from the rear. And I looked at it and coming out of the picture, I could feel such unbelievable heaviness. Now, what was so amazing is that I was feeling the heaviness that was mine back. Are you ready for this? Because neither of you were born back then in 1974. <laughs> You'll think, what the heck was 1974? (laughs) I was a sophomore in high school at the time. So now you can figure out I'm 64. (laughs) And I'm looking at this backdrop of someone. Now think about how years go on. I felt the energy coming off that picture on my computer. I thought, oh my gosh, what is that? And I thought, it's me. Now remember, you couldn't even see my face because whoever was taking this polar shot or whatever it was got me from behind and then there was another picture of me where you could see me from the forefront Mm -hmm. and there was another picture that was also posted of me getting ready I was going on a trip to Spain it was a high school trip to Spain and I was at JFK airport wearing that same sweater I had two bags in my in my hands and I use this oftentimes when I'm showing people pictures of what our energies are like as we practice them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you were to look at this picture and you didn't know who it was, you would never believe it was me, number one. But secondly, if you were just to feel what was coming out of it, you would not feel me either. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a real thing when I said to you, practice, practice, practice. You know, Dr. Alice, you just talked about going to the gym. First mm-hmm. time you ever go to the gym, how much can you do? How much can you lift? How much can you run, right? How much can you endure? The more you do it, your, your muscles build up and it's like, hey, I could do that. What's mm-hmm. the next thing I could do? People are never taught that our emotional muscles, our psychological responses can also be exercised. Our awareness, I think you mentioned that too, Dr. Alice, like you, what did you call it? Your, um, your consciousness, mm-hmm. that too can be exercised. And the more we do it, the more we can almost gain control, um, let's say as if we're the driver of our lives, rather than having everything else drive us around, you know, and have things fall off and not knowing where to pick them back up again and put them back in. And so um, that was just a story I wanted to share, though. It's It was so incredibly tangible that coming off a photograph from 1974, what, if, what it felt like and looked like was a 74-year-old person who was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders and who had lost her best friend and had no, no future, no sense of where to go. And so when I am these days referred to as the ambassador of happiness, I don't think it's by any accident. It's by a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think that's such an important thing to get across, right? Is that it's not, I mean, some people do have more of a natural disposition towards happiness or not, but but the the major gains or the major work is to be done in, in sort of the 
the types of uh, practices or repetitions or things that you do to sort of train your your mind and emotions, like you were saying, in, towards uh, more happiness or more positive experiences. And it really resonated with me because that's that's sort of an experience that I've gone through in the past mm, 15 years or so, where I was anchored so hard on what you're talking about, like these external things, right? And I felt like I could never really get a grasp on happiness because it was basically up to chance, right? The external events, I mean, not 100% up to chance, but for the most part, things come and go, things happen. You cannot really control them. Whereas internally, again, we don't have 100% control over our emotions and whatnot, but a lot more control. And especially in terms of over time with sort of the practices that we choose to develop certain muscles, um, where we're going to end up. So this is just a long-winded way of me saying that all the things that you've sort of mentioned, I think are really important and help or allow people to sort of develop and cultivate happiness as opposed to some of the things that you hear just on sort of the surface level of, you know, uh, you know, some people are just happy or you can just um, make this one choice and you're done. Uh, but it's more of this, you know, lifelong sort of process and development. Yes, I would say so. And I, I always will notice some people, I'll say to them, did you wake up this morning or every morning of your life with that, with that uh, smile on your face? And there are some people who are like that. And they'll go all through the day with a happy grin. They'll go to sleep and they're happy. It's just the way they are. And not everybody's designed that way. But, you know, I, I, I think this is something that you were almost going to touch on, Donovan, is that we cannot control what happens in our lives, but we can have a certain amount of control over how we perceive what happens to us. And I know many people have said that very same thing, but it's the idea of letting go. Like, did I really need that car or that girlfriend or that boyfriend that I thought I needed? If they don't really want me, well, maybe they weren't all that great, right? And to let certain things just drop and go. And it's like letting go of these very heavy weights that we will sometimes keep in our lives that really are not serving us well. So that's why we can't always control what happens to us, but we can take a look at how we respond to those things. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you made of just, you know, it's, yeah, we don't, can't control everything that happens to us. That's part of life. Bad things are going to happen to everyone at some point. It's the odds, but it's like how we perceive it and how we, how we deal with it can really make an impact on our um, mental and emotional well-being and how we kind of decide to, I like that image of like letting go of a weight, just like let, let the bad go, let it out. That's great. You know what? It really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. Several years ago, when we had the, uh, the last downturn in the economy, and I yeah. think a lot of people suffered silently. They, a lot of baby boomers lost their jobs. They lost all their savings. They lost their houses. And there was this whole idea of, oh, my gosh, what the heck what kind of a life am I living? Everything I built is gone. Anyway, mm. uh, friends and I had started um, a terrestrial radio station, uh, not station, excuse me, show. We called it the State of Happiness. And we did it precisely for that time period where people didn't know what was going on. And we called it the state of happiness because happiness really is a state of mind. Mm. And so we can interview all these people who took changes in their life and used it for something good. But here was the picture. And maybe you could 
is go home with this one, is that the three of us that were the co-hosts were in a um, helium balloon. You know, the, the big giant balloons that have the baskets on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in a state of happiness. It's like you have a certain amount of internal uplift. And when you're really unhappy or very sad or depressed, it's like you're weighted down with, um, you know, I want to say with iron, you know, and everything you do is like pulling, you know, pulling the weight of the world with you, but mm-hmm. it really is it's a state. And so if you could let go a lot of the, of a lot of the things that you don't have control over, then all of a sudden you have this automatic uplift. And um, I don't know how many minutes we have left, but do not let me forget about one of the key things I want to say about uplift that I learned at nine years old. I've shared this before, but it's worth sharing. Yeah, go for for it. We have like five or so minutes left, five to 10 minutes. (laughs) This whole idea of like when we're heavy or when we're light. Um, I can remember, and it was my first lesson. I think, you know what, I am probably one of those people who had to learn a lot on her own, Mm. even though I was always looking for ways to learn. Um, And I took the long road to get somewhere. So now I take everything I learned and I share it with other people. Say, you could learn this, only learn it a lot faster. Well, when I was younger, I had a very different personality. And I already mentioned to you at one point, I would have to go to bed when I didn't want to go to bed and I didn't like that. Well, I can remember feeling like I had no freedom Mm. as children might feel that way because somebody's always telling them no. And my birthday had come around and I want to say it was like my ninth birthday, let's assume. And I remember telling my mother, you know, I don't want any gifts for my birthday. The only thing I want is the ability to stay up until let's say eight or nine o'clock at night. And because I can remember going to going to bed at like 630 and pajamas at 430 in the afternoon. I did not like this. So <laughs> me, no, like, no, what do you, I didn't say this to her because mm-hmm. the home I was brought up in. <laughs> I thought I did an end run around you. I'm not looking for you to buy anything for me. I don't need a present. I just want to stay up later. And she said, no. Well, I will tell you that little frame of a body of mine. It was like, I was so beside myself and I really couldn't express myself because I was brought up to be very polite mm. and I went for not quite two days feeling so angry. And what I was really dealing with was unforgiveness. I could not believe my mother would deny me this one thing on my birthday. Now I'm laughing today because everything put into its place is, right. you know, yeah but for me it's like how could I not just stay up late at night or later and so I could remember for about a day and a half I would answer any question I was asked politely but I would give no further indication no no other comment and it was my way of my little personhood exerting herself to say I'm not happy about this I'm not happy I went to bed that night following day I wake up now maybe it's a Saturday for all I know all I could tell you both is I felt so rotten rotten to the core and I remember thinking my mother I don't know if she notices that I'm angry or not but she's not changing her mind she's never going to change her mind and I can't live this way that's what I remember thinking I cannot live feeling this miserable and so I made a decision to drop it 
and let it go. Now, this is what's so amazing. And I never forgot it. That's why there's there's certain principles, I guess, I came to learn. That very moment, not one thing changed in my life. I was still going to go to bed early. But what changed for me internally was everything. Because I went from feeling absolutely miserable, taken advantage of, um, victimized, incarcerated to, I feel happy about myself. And I literally felt lighter and brighter. And I just was able to go about my day. And I thought, whoa, I will not hold on to unforgiveness if this is what it does to me. And so when you were saying at the beginning, Donovan, you always like to look for practical things. If there is one big thing that people can do to add to their own happiness, and this is another one of those things, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Simple. Oh, forgive. Drop it. You might have to do it over and over and over, like the practice, over and over and over. Nope, I already told myself I forgave that person or I forgave myself or I forgave that situation or I forgave that ridiculous decision I made. You do it over and over. And you know what happens? Eventually, it becomes you. And you go from that place of either self-condemnation or of addressing, or let's, there's not the words, not addressing, projecting your anger onto another person or onto the outside world to all of a sudden it's gone Mm. energies of it the the feelings of it the heaviness of it um the i would even say the condemnation of it because when we have unforgiveness it like works sort of both ways we can't respond to other people the way we want to we're not kind to ourselves we internalize a lot of things. We make ourselves sick. So that's one of the things I would say. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things if you want to be able to feel better and feel happier. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I I love that story. I mean, I was just thinking you're, you as a little girl was so, <laughs> were so insightful. And, you know, I, I look back of things that were really upsetting to me as a child and I had no like insight <laughs> to understanding, like I'm making this way more significant than it actually is. <laughs> and I can just let it go instead of like digging my heels in the, <laughs> in the ground about like how wronged I was. <laughs> so that's a beautiful thing you discovered at such a young age. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how I have these little moments in time and I'll tell you, yeah. they're upstairs. I, it's myself and my husband. We were both like five years old. We met when we were college, but they were, you know, sometimes you put together collages and yeah. then there was a picture in the middle of the two of us. And just last night I was upstairs and I happened to notice this photo and it's me at age five. And it's another one of those snapshots in time, Dr. Mm-hmm. Alice. And I grew up in New Jersey, always wanted to live in Florida, which is where we live now, Mm. where the sun would shine and it was always, you know, palm trees and being outside. So back in the day, I could remember this was like going to paradise. My family and I were all going to go down to Florida. We went to Miami Beach and we no sooner got there and I'm learning how to swim. So it's like, I'm in paradise. I'm having the time of my life and I'm learning how to swim in these gigantic pools and Something happened to me where I, at the time, um, trampolines were in, in, in uh, fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, 
they don't use them anywhere now, probably because it's an accident waiting to happen. And I was too little or too afraid to get on the big trampoline. So when we went back to the hotel room, uh, we had two twin beds and my brother and I, I was my younger brother. I was always getting him to do something with me. I said, well, why don't we jump from bed to bed like we're jumping on the trampoline? So he's following after me. And now we're only on this trip so far for maybe three days. And it's the beginning of the trip. Mm. And I jump on bed number two, the bed slides. I hit myself um, in my head, on my head. And I start to bleed to beat the band. I'm bleeding so much they have to take me to the hospital. They give me stitches. And to make a long story short, on the third day of this two-week trip to Paradise, to Miami Beach, when I'm only five years old, I am told I can't go swimming. Oh, no. <laughs> now, this is what I want you to know. I don't know why I've got whoever's listening today, maybe you'll get a kick out of this. But there's a picture of me. I'm wearing a little black and white coolie hat with a black and white striped bathing suit. And I could remember when that picture was taken, I had my arms, um, you know, at my waist. And I thought, I'm on this trip, but I'm not going to let this ruin my trip. Even though we were talking about a major disappointment. I wanted to be in the big pool and I can't do it. But there I was as a little stalwart child thinking, I'm not going to let the fact that I got stitches ruin my vacation. So that's why when I tell you practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And the same person who in 1974 looked like, you know, she was just going to pull the rest of the world down into a ditch somewhere and then pull, you know, pull the wool on top of it. And here she is today saying, this is what happens when you practice choosing happiness over misery and choosing to think about better things rather than the unhappy ones. Awesome. Such, such important lessons. And Maura, we just appreciate you so much for bringing your, your life lessons and your stories and your, your radiant happiness to the show. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to plug? You know, I would. I know your podcaster, so am I. Any one of your listeners who might be interested in more story-based content and reflective content, um, you could find me at Maura Sweeney, Living Happy Inside Out. And I'm just getting on the final um, episodes of a series I was doing called The ABCs of Now. And it's helping others navigate the era that we're living in right now, which is, as you know, hmm. an incredible shift. I don't think we, totally. you know, we both are like thinking, what is going to happen today? What right. news is going to hit the world and tell us, you know, the world is going to be over tomorrow. Hmm. So Sweeney living happy inside out. And thank you both again. This is really a pleasure. Of, of course. Well, thank you again for, for joining us and, and sharing. <laughs> and yeah, we'll put a link in the description for anyone that wants to check it out. And yes, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share all the things that help spread happiness in the world. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.